Patrika. Your very own online science communication brings science closer to you in so many ways. Today, SciConnect by BioPatrika welcomes all science enthusiasts to our very first entrepreneurial podcast. I, Charu Gupta, and my co-host Nikhil Kumar Tulsian have roped in the modern Kiran Majumdar Shaw to talk about her startup journey. Uh, thank you, Charu, for uh, kind words. It's, it's an honor for me to introduce my friend and colleague, Dr. Viveka Kalidasan. She has pursued her PhD in uh, material sciences and engineering from ECE at National University of Singapore. So let's hear from herself. Viveka, can you enlighten us on, on your journey? Okay. Uh, first of all, thank you so much, Charu and Mikhil and Charu. I think that was okay too much. I didn't know how to react to that, but thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be mm-hmm. here talking with the both of you. Okay. And uh, just quickly, I'm Viveka. I'm originally from India, but I've been living in Singapore for the past decade now. Uh, as Nikhil mentioned, I came here to do my PhD in material science and engineering. And then I shifted fields to work on wireless bioelectronics. And now I'm completely into translation and tech commercialization. So that's my a quick, a very quick professional overview. And I also have tried to and exited a few tech startups. And I'm also having a mentorship related startup called Edify. So that's all about me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is so interesting. You've done so much in uh, such a short amount of time. Viveka, when did you decide that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Oh yeah, sure. That's a question that I often get because uh, I, uh, all the friends, all, all the people that um, are very close to me, they always know that I want to be an entrepreneur, even when the jargons were not there. I remember when I was in the eighth grade, I was telling my father that I'll one day have my own business, like in those days, right? So I guess that might be because uh, psychologically, my parents are doctors, we have our own nursing home back in India. So we took a lot of holidays. So growing up, I thought if you are your own boss, you can be the key decision maker. So to be really very honest, that was the starting point. The and uh, the reason is not exactly the same anymore, but still I like being the decision maker. I like being responsible for you know um, the upliftment or the life of others. So it's just that I like being that. And I also realized that I've, since I've been in a very research and academic space for a long time, uh, being a deep tech founder, being a woman deep tech founder is something that's really, very close to my heart. So yeah, though that's the reason why I am uh, in the space consistently, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that sounds really interesting to have a childhood goal and you worked so hard that in the next few years, you've been able to accomplish it. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Truly inspiring, Viveka. Thanks, so you mentioned about your tech startup called ViceQ. Right. Yeah. Can you share more on its origin, the, the yeah. out name from, and what does it do? Oh, sure. So Vice, uh, W-I-S-E, so W and S capital. So it's a wireless sensing. It's an acronym for wireless sensing. So as I okay. mentioned, though my PhD is in material science and engineering, I'm a very interdisciplinary person. So for my postdoctoral research, I was hired by the wireless bioelectronics lab because they were looking for a person with biomaterial background. But then I ended up building a wireless sensing platform technology that can detect post-operative complications in a real-time manner. So, uh, for example, let's say a patient has been discharged and he or she has uh, abdominal surgery that was performed on 
on the person, right? So if there is a complication that happens within the body, the patient will only come to know about it when the complications arise, like when the symptoms appear. But my technology can capture it in a real-time manner. And the cue there is because it just gives a clue that something is wrong with inside the body so that the patient can be rushed back to the hospital to get the uh, corrective surgery done or, you know, even a simple antibiotic thing, you know, don't have to even go for corrective surgery. So it's wise cue because it's a wireless sensing technology that can give you clues regarding what's wrong. And for this technology, it's my four years of postdoctoral work. So I have a patent on it. And uh, I would say rather than calling, I am the innovator and developer of the technology. I should say, WISE is the one which developed me as a person. I, I really tell this to everyone. For all the laurels that I've got, awards that I've got is because I was uh, working for WISE, with WISE. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, it has been a very pleasurable journey for me with WISE, yeah. That is so beautifully said. That's so, so beautiful. Thank you. True wise words. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Viveka, I mean, it's it's a little bit obvious that, you know, you need a monitoring with the post-surgical patients and uh, you need uh, to see if they are get undergoing any complications, particularly um, most uh, post-surgical patients often come back with complaints of hospital-given um, uh, infections like pneumonia right. and uh, many uh, graft-versus-host disease in uh, case of transplantations. And these are things which need to be monitored so carefully. Um, I mean, although it's an obvious necessity, uh, how were you new to the market and how, uh, how, why do you think that these things were not done before or if they were done before, uh, then uh, how is WISE uh, better and right. uh, a more suited platform? Right. So, okay. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll kind of give a quick overview of how translation happens from a very academic and research space into trying to bring a technology, right? So I think that would be um, uh, rel more relevant for the audience. So as I mentioned, my background is in material science. So the story is that when I joined the wireless bioelectronics group, I came up with conductive surgical sutures, which are, you know, surgical sutures, which are used to stitch uh, when there's a surgery and all that. Right? So I made it conductive because it was going to act as a antenna and we had electronic devices on board, which will detect when there is a complication. So this is what my research is. So incidentally, we had uh, just, uh, I was telling Nikhil like two, a week ago, it got accepted in Nature Biomedical Engineering, but this is wow. research, right? But this is not something, oh, thank you. This is not something that is commercially viable or translatable because the conductive medical sutures, they are being coated with some polymers, PDOT it is called, which is not FDA approved. So the thinking is that if, a material that you go, which goes into making of the uh, technology itself is not FDA approved. How will I get FDA appro approval for the technology, right? So yeah. your thinking has to be like, what was the purpose of the suture to act as an antenna? So instead of using these complicated stuff, you can just put a medical grade copper antenna on either side with electronics on board. So, and then that miniaturizes the device significantly. It can be attached at the site of surgery within the body. And we also give a handheld device, which can be used to power as well as communicate with the uh, little chip that goes within the body. So when I had this technology, 
the very key point in translation when it comes to medical devices is you need to talk to a lot of clinicians to understand what problem they have and what are they how are they solving it currently right so post operative complications is real i mean I, I i hear it from my own parents and all the other doctors so it's not like just hearing it with one from one clinician right we see that it is real and currently what happens is when the symptoms arise let's say after seven days after the complication itself the patient is rushed back and they do ct imaging they do all the blood test and all that so there is a, a common clinical practice you know which is there this is what is happening but then we are here to say that you can save those seven days you can save those seven days which might lead you know uh, for the complication to become more fatal so it's it's like your complication is happening right now the infection is happening right now the bleeding is happening right now and i'm going to alert so that's why i call it q because i'm not going to tell what went wrong inside i, I can't tell really but i know that there's something is wrong so maybe you should go now yeah so what could have been a corrective surgery and you know 50000 us dollars more of an economic burden on the patient you are we are saving all of that because we are trying to capture this in a real time so maybe an antibiotic dose is enough you know so it's like that so when i spoke to a lot of clinicians and um, as i in um, i won this um, award where i the audience were clinicians the judges were clinicians so i presented i pitched in front of them so that was for me like in one go like 500 clinicians telling that yes you are trying to address a good need so there was an unmet clinical need and we give a proper value proposition so that's the story but we don't just stop by talking to clinicians we talk to patients we talk to caregivers we talk to medical device distributors do they want to have this device on board i mean why would they want to have such a device on board and we also talk to big medical giants like medtronic and johnson and johnson whether they want to partner with us to develop the technology so yeah that's that's the story and that i think that's the that's the way a technology has to be productized from lab to market yeah yeah i mean it's uh, it's really when i heard you talking i got goosebumps because as someone who's worked in a translational lab we had patients in clinical trials right um and uh, they would get medicines and they would have all of these surgeries in between we uh, i'm in hematology so we had bone marrow transplantation patients right. and then they would come back with gvhd mm -hmm. and um or they would get pneumonia which is quite frequent mm -hmm. and it would be so good to have them on hand because i mean these clinical trials are also so important Right. to give us an idea of right. how this drug will work and will help a large number of people right. so i think it is so inspiring that i mean you took something and as you said there was already a program in place on how to manage these post surgical complications and you've decided to make it so much easier and so much more accurate and you've given the power back in the patient's hands and oh, in yeah, the doctor's hands yeah, and it's right. not up to uncertainty now Oh yeah, sure. Thanks for saying that. So that I I always believe in patient-centric technology. So giving the power back to the patient. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> uh, truly fantastic. And uh, the insights of uh, targeting a patient even uh, after the surgery before any complications arise right. is uh, very important in the current world. Right. So is this. Uh, the device uh, launched and uh, what's the status so like how do you how do people ac have an access to it 
Oh, okay, so uh, as as you can, it's very obvious it's a class three medical device because it's an invasive implantable device, right? So the road to commercialization is really very long. So it's still in the research and development and translation stage within the academic ecosystem. So that's the status of it. But uh, if everything goes fine, a product of this uh, stature can be launched you, it will see the light of the market maybe in a decade or so, but that, that's that's usually the runway for a class three medical devices since vice is also one. So the status is still within the academic ecosystem. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So a true entrepreneur. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, thank you. That's and nice at, and in a very important field of medical devices. Oh, sure. Yeah. That I agree. Yeah, so Viveka, you also told us that you went to this meeting with several clinicians being hmm. the audience and the judges and yeah. uh, you got feedback and um, I'm assuming that you also got some funding with it. I mean, yeah, I read right. on your LinkedIn profile that you've right. uh, had some funding and also uh, for our listeners, Viveka has an excellent YouTube video on VizeQ and its users. So please go check it out. Um, <laughs> Viveka, my question is that, so, you know, several of these, uh, several people now are recognizing that there is so much that they can contribute to. So many people like you want to become an entrepreneur yeah. and want to have their own startups. So what are your views on uh, these budding startups, incubation cells? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I myself have been on the receiving end of, you know, all these accelerator programs and incubator programs. So I think I'm... Uh, um, okay, the entire landscape is like this. Traditionally, if you want to have a business, you should have a rich daddy or you should, you know, have a huge investment for a family background. But these days, I think more and more uh, uh, people are encouraged to take up entrepreneurship because there's more easier access to money in terms of investor money, angel investors. So if you have an idea, people are even ready to invest on just an idea. They don't even look for uh, wait for a product to be there in place, right? So I think the ecosystem is very much nurturing and uh, this is the time for people with uh, disruptive ideas, so to say, to uh, enter into the field and uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, this is the time for entrepreneurship truly. Even if you don't have a rich daddy, even you don't come from a business background, this is the time if you have a brilliant idea and if you're able to find uh, co-founders or people to support you in your journey, then I think, there are people who want to invest in your idea. Yeah, and to see the product, uh, see the light of the market. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so yes, there are many accelerated programs. Yeah. Uh, for example, the NUS Graduate Research Innovation Program. That's right, yeah. And there are other uh, programs which bud, which uh, facilitate startups. For right. example, at least in Singapore, there is uh, right. our EF you know, Entrepreneur Force is worldwide, and yeah. Singapore also has ESCO Ventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so Should amazing. Sorry? Should we all move to Singapore? Oh yeah, Singapore is extremely supportive of uh, entrepreneurs. You know, they, yeah, how can I say? Yeah, even I myself was shortlisted for Entrepreneur Office twice, but for me, I didn't, I didn't need that kind of a training because I've gone through similar programs before. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't even care whether you're a foreigner or not, as long as you have a good idea, as long as you have the right partners to do this. Singapore is extremely supportive. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So uh, with a career in biotech, uh-huh. and you mentioned your personal journey of uh, your parents being uh, doctors, and right. then you thought of it 
to have your own business right <laughs> were there were there any key factors professionally or personally that inspired you to join biotech or be an entrepreneur right right yeah being an entrepreneur as i said that's just that's just the way i grew up so that's why i want to be an entrepreneur to be my own decision maker to take my own holiday yeah but for biotech itself yeah since my parents were doctors i was uh, very much interested in biology from school i was one of the brightest students so but i thought if not medicine um, i just want to do anything related to biotechnology so then i yeah i did my undergrad in biotechnology because at that time so one thing about my parents is they always let us do whatever we want to do my sister is a fashion designer and she also submitted her thesis in entirely different field cultural studies so it's like they never forced us to you should become doctor to take care of the nursing home right so at that point i was interested in biotechnology so i did my undergrad in biotechnology but in the third year of biotechnology there was one course on nanotechnology so i started i i became interested in nanotechnology so i wanted to do a masters in medical nanotechnology so that's the story the whatever excites me at that point i just keep pursuing and um fortunately whatever excites me at that point is one of the up and coming and booming field it, it always be, uh, becomes that you know so yeah i'm happy to be in the um up and coming and uh, where most of the fundings are being channeled into kind of a field at every phase of my life yeah yeah i totally agree with you the yeah. pace in the world is changing very fast right. and right. medical devices are booming a lot because of the development in various technology right. and people like you uh, coming up with new ideas for medical devices so nanotherapeutics and nanotherapeutics obviously are yeah. the the new buzzword right right so talking about uh, your in- inspiration and uh, the n- personal uh, mentorship you have seen oh yeah, I, sure, yeah. We, there is also a mentorship program by started by you right right called edify right so uh, how was the experience okay so i started edify uh, after my phd uh, in 2016 at that time i called it avantgarde initiative such a complicated name people don't understand what even it means yeah so but that time after my phd as i mentioned i always want to be an entrepreneur and i was honestly technology agnostic i didn't really care which kind of field that i was going to be in so at that point i wanted to be a social entrepreneur and i wanted to do something in experiential education so i went to uh the scandinavian region because they do a lot uh, of experiential education where they bring the kids to nature and you know help them learn from them true, so true. Uh, yeah after after like one and a half months in scandinavia sweden norway and all that i came back to india and then i tried to do that and then i i kind of was like okay maybe I, this is not what i want to do let me go back to science and then yeah i joined the wireless bioelectronics group in nus so avantgarde initiatives was started in 2016 that's like the history of it right but later i pivoted i saw the need for mentorship because as i went deeper into technology commercialization and translation mentors became a very integral part of my journey so that's when i realized that all of us need a mentor before this translation journey my parents have always been my mentor and yeah from that's where i took after a point i saw that you know your professors become your mentors or sometimes the clinicians that i spoke to they became the mentors then i felt that every person needs a mentor in their journey it doesn't matter which part of which phase of life they are in that's when i started edify edify simply means uplift so where we are trying to reconceive mentorship it could be anything from one on one mentorship to running workshops just to give you a very quick example i matched 
mentees from India, like who are sophomore year students or final year students, right? Them with a mentor from NUS Business School and alumni of NUS Business School, one one on one matching. So the KPIs, I mean, the key um, uh, outcomes that we expected from them was to all of them should have at the end of the three months one on one sessions with their mentor, a very good LinkedIn profile, a very good resume, and they should also be able to pitch themselves or speak about themselves when you know in an interview setting. So that was the three outcomes that was expected, and then I felt that these kids. They did really phenomenally well, and connecting them to, you know, alumni from NUS Business School, they come up with their huge global network, right? So the, I know what few my mentees are now in uh, John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, and a few are in the Taiwan National University doing their PhD. So these are people who didn't even have a resume in the first place. So I'm very happy to have touched you know, people's lives in a way that I uh, believe is uh, more impactful. So that's why I started 85. And this is something that I do on a, uh, when I'm free kind of a basis. It's it's not my everyday job, but something or other happens in the edify space. If you can follow my LinkedIn page on edify. So yeah, so that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's story. truly, truly yeah. inspiring, uh, Viveka. Yes, I, I had followed your mentorship one-on-one -on -one program. Oh, One of you. my friends, Marcel. Oh, he, yeah, Marcel, he was your co-host co yeah. uh, co yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was quite fascinating to hear from him right. and uh, I'm sure many of the mentors and mentees both who have uh, passed through the experience must be having a great had a great experience and must be in a good space now. I believe so yeah. yeah. Yeah I think this is just such a beautiful opportunity that you have offered to um, all the uh, newcomers. And um, well, I also wanted to share that uh, Biopatrika, mm -hmm. uh, at Biopatrika also, we have a uh, mentorship program. It's the Biopatrika right. Industry Mentorship Program. And uh, our aim as well is to provide the right guidance mm -hmm. in people's careers mm -hmm. at all stages. And uh, we connect several um, mentors all over the world to mentees because you know it, the world is so global now and as you mentioned uh, people from one place may be networking with another and working well together so well mm -hmm. and um, we certainly hope that you will also consider uh, giving um, us some of your time as a mentor uh, with our BIMP uh, yeah. which is the yeah. Biopatrika Industry Mentorship Program right. and um, yeah, I mean, uh, what I really wanted to stress on with what you said, and I think it's such an important thing is networking. Yeah, right. And um, is there like a very quick networking advice uh, <laughs> that you have? Uh, like how, if you're not involved in such a program, if you don't yeah. have someone holding your hand, yeah. how do you start? All right, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay, how do I start from ground zero, right? So to start, I have been in such situation as well before, right? So to start from ground zero, the most important thing that you should have is passion. So when I started in 2016, avant-garde initiatives, there was no a president for me or a predecessor who can, you know, tell me like, why would someone who has a PhD in material science and engineering suddenly wants to do experiential education, right? So I wrote to all the schools in Scandinavia, like it was like ghost emails that I sent them, most of them replied to me, this is the first time that they're hearing from a foreigner, like no one even wrote to them, no one even knew such schools existed. For me, it's about knocking the doors. If you do not knock, it would never be open. So you need to ask, but before you ask, you need to have the passion. So that is um, 
that that is when you don't have anyone at all right so but uh, yeah in the journey the people that you meet the, the all the wonderful men that i met during my time in scandinavia they are very good mentors too now like i can if i want to have something in experiential education or you know anything related to pedagogy th those are the guys that i go to so it's like you make those connections and you retain those connections and i i believe i'm i'm, I'm good in doing that and uh, yeah charu also just to say that i'd be really very happy to be a mentor on board for biopatrica because i'm also a mentor on board to you and women care accelerator seeds uh, you know all the very very big mentoring programs mostly startup focused i mentor a lot of startups in that way but yes uh, i think this would be exciting i would be happy to be on board yes yeah because i mean um, as you mentioned you are on the un uh, mentor board and you have edify of course but you know in general what happens is that sometimes we are a little bit afraid of reaching uh, out to such big names and um, biopatrica in general is it's it's community driven right and right. Uh, from my experience i mean uh, i was there are several other uh, communications also there are several other ways of communicating with other scientists but I mean, for with Biopatrica, I personally felt very comfortable because it wasn't something which, uh, which, which was too overpowering right, for right. me. So I feel that our mentees will definitely benefit from your experience. I mean, throughout our talk today, you have um, just been so inspirational. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and I also agree with you. A mentor has to be accessible first of all. Yeah, so the accessibility of the mentor is one important thing. So we try to be as um, uh, grounded as possible. We do not uh, try to be, uh, mentor should not be judgmental. It should not come up with that huge thing, uh, you know, uh, behind them. So I totally agree with whatever you say. In that way, kudos to Biopatrika. Yeah, it's a, a phenomenal job that you guys are doing in the space. Yeah. Thank you so much, Viveka. <clears throat> yes, you. we've spoken quite a bit on mentorship, education, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. And right. knowing you, you uh, you like three E's, education, <laughs> entrepreneurship, and yeah. empowerment. Right. So what do you aspire to be? Oh, yeah. I uh, Okay, you're very right. You said I, I believe in three E's, right? Education first, because my family was traditionally pushing education. It, like, it was not imposing education, but the need for education more so importantly for women to be empowered. So, so education and empowerment comes hand in hand for me and entrepreneurship because I'm personally a very entrepreneurial person. So these are the three E's that I believe in. And for me, I aspire to be a woman who inspires every person. Earlier, I was thinking a woman who inspires many girls. Then I thought like, no, I have to be a woman. A man can inspire a woman. So why can't a woman inspire a man, right? So a woman who inspires every person out there to pursue STEM. It's not that I'm not... Um, uh, I don't like arts and science or literature. My, my very own sister, she is a award-winning fashion designer and then she has a, a PhD in cultural studies. So education is good, but I have a soft corner for STEM education because traditionally STEM education is very lean for women. More and more girls have to take, take up STEM. Um, biology is something that girls take up to, let's say undergradish. After that, they will slowly stop. And then I see, uh, among my friends also, they, the girls also do masters and sometimes even PhD because when their parents, it, it's only you know, for an Indian context, okay, well, their parents are trying to find a, 
a guy for them that's when they try to you know study go do phd or whatever so i don't want it to be that way i want people to take stem education seriously because stem education can help you develop technologies that can empower lives and i don't just want to just develop technologies have so many patents you know under my name i want to convert these technologies into ventures that can truly influence and impact lives so for this i think i it's a very teamwork so uh, i need more and more people into stem so that we can uh, do it as a teamwork right so that's that's what i aspire to be to exactly be, so yeah the, there are not although there are it's a increasing number of uh, women in uh, increasing in stem but yeah. it needs more right so do you have any uh, few words to the women our women listeners specifically and how uh, uh, some inspirational words oh yeah sure actually uh, uh, i i consciously try to make um, myself sound like i'm not like a only women uh, uh, driven thing but then i end up being uh, talking for women anyways for the women out there for the girls out there i think firstly we all have to dream because i had a dream and fortunately i had parents who supported my dream and even if you do not have that within your family ecosystem or within your professional ecosystem as long as you have the passion you will find right mentors on the way if you do not find anyone we have edify for you we have biopatrika for you so first mm-hmm. have a dream and try to pursue the dream yeah that's what yeah most of the girls do not even have the luxury to dream they don't even know that they can have a dream they can dream right so yeah we should all dream yeah I, yes i'm sure with this psychonic podcast and many of our listeners will get inspired to pursue uh, education a right. higher education and many more entrepreneurs to be in right <laughs> i i hope so too thank you so much Uh, no, yeah. thank you viveka uh, entrepreneur yeah. viveka for sharing <laughs> taking out time and sharing your kind words with all of us and i'm sure our listeners mm-hmm. all all across the world would mm-hmm. be quite happy and i'm sure there'll be a lot of bombardment in your email and linkedin profile with oh, multiple I'd questions <laughs> i'd love to uh, yeah be connected with more people and help people in any way possible yeah thank you so yes. like a true mentor viveka Oh, thanks. Accessible mentor. <laughs> All I have to say is wow. Oh, I mean, thanks, Sharu. Exactly. Less at your wealth of information mm-hmm. uh, that you have given to us today and your experience, and I am so motivated myself to start on the next big idea. Okay, great. And, yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to speak with you today, yeah. and this has been such a wonderful event. Um, I do want to mention that since this is a recorded event. as uh, nikhil mentioned several of our listeners will have questions men and women we are all inspired by yeah. you. So, <laughs> okay, um can yeah. they contact you absolutely please feel free to share my linkedin page and my email id with the audience out there listeners and viewers so thank you so much yes yeah. thank you for having the pleasure is mine really truly Yes. So thank you so very much. Uh, we will have Viveka's email address, LinkedIn profile linked with this podcast for all our listeners. And uh, please, to all our listeners and to Viveka, please do uh, share your feedback with us on uh, this po- a podcast brought to you by SciConnect um, on our contact page at uh, on the Biopatrika website, and our email is biopatrika dot in at gmail dot com. and now uh, we take your leave and hope 
that you will tune in again for our next interview soon. Yeah, sure. We like, can always stay connected. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, good day to you, Charu and Nikhil, and uh, a wonderful job by Patrika team to connect scientists all over the world like us. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Viveka, okay. for uh, speaking to us. And I'm sure, as Charu mentioned, it was wealth information and simply wow. <laughs> thanks, Nikhil. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Viveka, and thanks, Charu. Bye. Mm -hmm.